everyone, welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. I am Dan. And I'm Charlie. There he is, folks. Hey, everyone, first and foremost, thank you so much for your support and all the uh, downloads and listens and comments and and, and everything, uh, private message we've received from fr- some of you and, and stuff. And we really appreciate the encouragement and the feedback. It's a big, big deal to what we do. Absolutely. We wouldn't know what we were doing without the feedback. We don't know what you like, what you didn't like. We barely the, know what we're doing still. Yeah, the feedback has been phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, we've only done two episodes and it's been a blast. We're getting we're getting a lot of uh congratulations and we love we love what you're doing. Keep it up. Fix your audio, fix your audio. Yeah, you know. yes. Well, maybe we should have a special uh, fund us episode where you send us money and we will buy mics with that. I think, I think if anyone wants to hear the lost episode, they have to pay to hear it because <laughs> yeah, otherwise yeah. I'm not putting it out there. No, that's, it's hot garbage. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, well, like I said, this is, or Charlie said, really, this is the third episode. Uh, and we've taken a lot of feedback from some of the things that you guys have said. So we don't have any really breaking news or anything to talk about in this episode so we should probably just get right to it you think i think so um we're actually doing this one fairly quickly from the last one like we had talked about uh trying to get back onto some type of schedule and to try and line up our special episodes that we have coming up for saint patrick's day and april fool's day so correct kind of busting uh, this one out quick well, we've seen we've seen some chatter. A little bit of chatter has started on the group page, trying to decide what the St. Patrick's Day episode is going to be. It's kind of a actually it'd be kind of a fun little game to see people try to guess what the next episode was, is going to be. We've had some people. Uh, we had one person try to guess what this one was going to be, and for the St. Patrick's Day episode, we've had a couple guesses. Yeah, one was Leprechaun, which. I don't see how that one fits with action. I'm the leprechaun. <laughs> I mean, Warwick Davis is a bad dude, but uh, not action movie related. If we're um, going to do Warwick Davis, we're going to do Willow. Yeah, uh, we'll do that one. I'm trying to think of if he's ever actually been in an action movie. Empire Strikes Back. There you go. No well, way. No. Uh, no. Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Ewoks weren't on uh, Hoth, yeah. man. Uh, they shouldn't have been on. Uh, they were furry, but anyway, uh, we digress. <laughs> At least uh, they weren't porgs. So, um, yeah. To, re- to reiterate, <laughs> it's not Boondock Saints. It is not. It's folks. not, so, guys. No matter how much you want to will it, will it to me, Riggs. It's not. It's not going to be. No, we Saints. we will do that movie, but yes, that is not going to be our St. Patrick's Day special. It's too obvious. Uh, and then I will also just throw this out there. We do have an April fool's day episode coming as well in the pipe. Uh, we've already got that chosen. That's going to be out as well. Uh, and then after that, we're pretty much just going to be on our two, our regular two week schedule. Now that we've gotten over the hump of, uh, starting this, trying to figure out what the hell we're actually doing. Uh, we're going to be on the two week schedule coming up pretty soon after that. Yeah. I think the April fool's one is the start of the two week schedule, which is why we're kind of shotgunning these shows out to kind of make up for the lack lack of shows full disclosure sometimes i travel out of town and they don't have good wi-fi service so hard to record when that happens but that is, uh, that's very true yeah so 
Uh, all right, folks. Well, thanks for uh, sticking through our babbling there at the beginning. Charlie, do you want to tell time. them? We're just filling time. <laughs> we're just stretching. All right, Charlie, you want to tell everyone what today's episode is going to be? Absolutely. We So far, we've done Chuck Norris, Delta Force. We've done Arnold Schwarzenegger in Running Man. And today, we do Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. Gonna stick my Now, of course, the Kumite song, or whatever it's actually called. I call it the uh, Kumite song. It's the Kumite song. So that song, and for other children of the 80s, myself, or, or you know, people from our era, uh, that song, the voice of that song is probably very familiar. It is. And is one Mr. Stan Bush. Charlie, for the bonus prize, as you're smiling at me like the cat that ate the canary, what else <laughs> did Stan Bush do? Oh man, ah, uh, caught me off guard there. Uh, I want to say it's um, it's the touch from the Transformers movie, sir. That's right. You got the touch from the uh, the Transformers movie. You're right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Stan, that's a, that's a big one. Stan Bush is the epitome of '80s soundtrack. I, I don't care who you are. I mean, when he puts out a song, it's a it's straight eighties. He could release yeah. one right now. It would transport it back into the eighties and early nineties. It's I love Stan Bush music. Yeah. There's that's, also that's a the little, sounds, man. There's also for a later episode we just talked about earlier, he will come up again and you'll kind of want to be uh listening to that one to hit hear this little bit of trivia that we'll have for a later episode. Absolutely. So Let's get into Bloodsport a little bit. Bloodsport came out in 1998. I'm sorry, 1988, rather. I was like, yeah, it wasn't that uh, late, brother. <laughs> and, and my brain didn't work. That's 1988, uh, one hour and 32 minute runtime. And of course, another one of the fine, fine offerings from the Canon Film Group. We love Canon. We do enjoy love Canon. We do enjoy love Canon. We do love Canon. We enjoy their films. I was waiting for you to go into like love gun from kiss there for a moment. <laughs> and it's, it's been a weird week, dude. It's been a weird, weird week. So anyway, let's go ahead. Why don't you get everyone started? What you want to do a little synopsis about this? Uh, about I can this do a movie? quick synopsis. All right. Synopsis. synopsis. We <laughs> Man, we are, we are killing it tonight. Aren't we? Woo, I know words, sir. <laughs> All right, man, we're going to, we're going to dive into already a train It is, but let's have fun with it. Uh, the movie opens up. We uh, get to meet Captain Frank Dew, Ducks, Ducks, Dukes, whatever they keep calling him a thousand times in this movie. I'm just going to call him Frank Ducks from now on. That uh, will make you Frank Ducks. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like, put up your Dukes, right? That's it. Like, put up your Dukes. So, Frank Dukes. Uh, he's taken leave from the military. Uh, he tells them he just needs personal time. In reality, he is going to go fight in a ancient secret tournament tournament called the Kumite. Um, we follow him as he goes to visit his Shidoshi, uh, Mr. Tanaka, and we get greeted with a back backstory of uh, a young Jean Claude Van Damme with a kid with the weirdest accent I think I've ever heard in a movie, and they him and some buddies break into Mr. Tanaka's home. Uh, they kind of trash the place, try to steal a sword. 
They knock the sword on the floor, run out the door when they hear Tanaka come in. Uh, Jean-Claude stays to pick up and place the sword back, and uh, Tanaka's boy comes in and kicks him right smack in the gut. Knocks him down, ready to just knock that head off. Um, Fast forward a little bit into the flashback, and in order to not get in trouble for breaking in, he convinces Frank to help him train his son in the ways of uh, Tanaka Ninjutsu. Ninjutsu. Is that what it was? Ninjutsu. Yeah, I believe it's supposed to be a ninjutsu because uh, uh, we will get into this a little bit more, but Frank Dukes yeah. has started a Dukes Ninjutsu here in the United States. We're, we're going to that a little bit later. I'm sure yeah, most of you most of you that's listening to this probably have some idea of what this movie is and maybe even a little bit of an idea of who Frank Dukes is or we thought he was. Uh, we're, we're getting into that towards the end. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get through yeah. the synopsis. So we... Finally, flash forward to a little bit of older, you know, we see Jean-Claude as himself being trained. Uh, his son is, uh, Tanaka's son is killed. Um, and Jean-Claude wants to take over the training, you know, teach me, let me be, you know, the one that kind of fights for the name. Um, so we see that happen and now we get Frank visiting Mr. Tanaka. He's basically on his deathbed. He's ailing getting ready to pass away and he has the invitation to the kumite and he's basically going for the the sadoshi's permission to go and fight and try to like honor honor the family name basically yeah honor the name kind of bring the championship back so we get that whole playthrough we see van damme go to southeast asia and explore a little bit he ends up on a bus with a rather odd biker looking guy that you don't expect in uh southeast china hitting on an asian girl um they meet face to face at the hotel play some video games which is a really fun segment uh it has a weird name from when it was really released but it's essentially kung fu from yeah uh, yeah so uh, yeah all of you that had the the nes it's kung fu yeah, I think it, it's called it, like Yi Yi Sar Kung Fu or something. But yeah, it has a long freaking name that I'm going to butcher, and I already can't talk right now. So let's no. just not keep that going. Yeah, so, so they end up playing video games and and figuring out they're both going to be in the Kumite. Yeah, and it's almost like a very fast bonding situation. They're like best friends now. Yeah, that was a little odd. Okay, so I love their 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 buddy bromance thing it going works. on. It works, but it was really quick. It was it really did, quick, but you now, also got put it to where they're also really the only two Westerners yeah. over there other than the reporter, the military police, which we'll talk about here in just a second, and maybe a handful of the guys in the fighting, but they're really a couple of guys maybe were South American or yeah, something a lot of like people that. from around the world in this. Uh, yeah. Real quick. You're talking about uh, Jackson, his buddy Jackson. Yeah, Ray Jackson his, is his, his character name. Ray, right. The actor's name is Donald Gibb. And again, a throwback to one of my favorite 80s films. This is Donald Gibb and one of his more, um, probably his other famous role. The Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, so... I love this is what that's why I want this is one of the things I love about this movie and why I like this movie. I get to see Ogre again. <laughs> yeah, this is you like know? Ogre out of college. 
He went into like street fighting, like straight up street fighting, not the video game. And it even lists like no, when that's, we were, that's Van Damme. That Van is Damme well, that's a different movie. Video game. That's a different movie. Um, they even list in the research we were doing for the movie that he uses no known fighting style. He is just a barroom brawling biker, big, hairy. Just yeah, he he looks like the ogre. He takes hits and he gets mad and then just like one punches a couple of dudes and just like hammer fists him in the forehead. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, you all know, right. yeah. All right. So, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. And no, throw you off your, we're doing train, great. But, uh, man, great. I, I love Jackson in this movie. No, that's he's, he's a great character in this. So they, they finally get together. They get ready to check in. They have to meet up with their like handler. So they have an Asian handler, obviously, you know, language barriers, and not knowing where they're going, they get, uh, we, we find out his name's Victor later, but they really, you know, he's, he's called, um, what was Mr. Mr. Lee, I think Lynn, Is what they call him? Mr. Lynn. Lynn. Mr. Lynn, Victor Lynn, I think. Yeah. Mr. Lynn. So they meet him and that's, we just heard him a second ago when I mess up Frank Duck's name. And, uh, he also, uh, what was the, you're killing me. So when he meets, so when he meets them, uh, this is this is basically how he meets him. You Jackson? You look like a Jackson. That will make you Frank Ducks. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like put up your Dukes, right? Yep, that whole thing. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so it's good. great. So they meet up with uh, Victor, and he takes them around through China, giving them a little history. Then they go uh, down and speaking this- of which, speaking of which. This is one of the few movies that actually was built, uh, was filmed scenes of it filmed within the 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 walled city, yeah, uh, in China before it was destroyed. So kind of a historical element to filmmaking when it comes. Well, to he this actually idea. kind of mentions that he says we're crossing an invisible barrier, like from the tourist attraction part of China to like China to China to mainland yeah. China is like I think is what they call it. Yeah, um, like don't go down the back alleys in New York in 1985, kind of. Yeah, and he calls it the yeah. narrow alleys. He goes, when you start seeing the narrow alleys, you you know, but he literally says, "Hold on to your nuts." So that's that's his line in the movie when he tells them. So they make a few turns. Uh, they end up in front of these Chinese goons, and that leads us to okay, USA. Okay, USA. <laughs> so, so he tries to explain to these goons in Chinese, I assume Mandarin, yeah. um, wh- who he is, what he's doing there, and he's got Frank and he's got Jackson with him. And so when he tells him that, that's the Chinese guy. Okay, USA. And then and then Jackson makes fun of him. Okay, yeah, you know. And okay, USA. It's if you haven't seen the movie and you don't intend to see the movie, a you're wait you're you're killing it, but. Go in and YouTube at least Bloodsport OK USA just to see the look on that dude's face when he does it. It's he, he is a character. It's just that he's it's got so a, good. He's got a face to him. So they get past those guys and they go down another dark alleyway looking thing and they end up in what looks like just a, a gym, but it's actually where they uh, train and have the Kumite. Um, and they have to turn in their. Uh, Invitations. Uh, Invitations. Word lost me way bad right there. So they go to turn all those in. 
Jackson turns his in. They look at it, says Ray Jackson. Well, the other one that Van Dam turns in says Tanaka. And they kind of pause and they're like, this basically this white guy says he's Tanaka. And he has to explain that's my shit. A white dude with like a French or Belgium accent. Yeah, doesn't match. he's Tanaka. Doesn't match anything. So they want him to display the Dimmock, which is the death touch. So a pretty you know, famous scene in this movie, you know, for people that have seen it is when they bring him over to a pile of bricks and he asks Victor, Hey, pick a brick. And he points to the top one and he's supposed to break it. Well, just as he gets ready to swing his arm down, they go, they yell, stop. Well, when they do that, everyone in the gym stops also and is like paying attention to what's going on. And the one guy in the back goes bottom brick. So he has to break only the bottom brick. So they do the whole dramatic, you know, 80s music and just this whole mystical kind of play on the, on the, uh, like using his chi. Yeah, the there you go. Chi. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes down, blasts this stack of bricks. The bottom one explodes. Everyone's kind of like taken aback and everything. And the guy's like, yep, you're Tanaka. <laughs> you can do it. Well, that's one of the best parts. Jackson, like I said, to me, steals the movie a lot of times because uh, they go, okay, we will accept it. And Jackson, yes, no shit, you're going to accept yeah, it. No <laughs> shit, you're going to accept that. it. He just blew the brick out of a bottom of like eight. Right. Um, and, then, and, and then Jackson goes, oh, watch this. You want to break the brick, right? And so he sets it up now and he goes, let me guess, the bottom one. And they just look at him like, all right, come on, dude. And he headbutts the bricks. Yeah, and that's later the- in the movie. Is, is that later in the movie? Is that this one? I thought he head broke, uh, headbutted them, break them. Yeah, they they go in later on when they're uh, they're talking to the oh, one that's, guy. That's, that's after like the first round of the fighting and stuff. Yeah, it? but since you brought yeah, it up, I love I love that scene. He, though. he headbutts it. They he he he's trying to show off, and he point they point at a brick, and uh, he he punches it and he breaks it and dusts off the one below it and hands it to him and goes, "Look, not a scratch." And they're like looking at him like, you're insane, dude. And then he takes the brick and breaks it across his head and then hands it to the other guy and go, this is for you. And puts it in his hand. And they're all like staring like, holy crap, this guy's a it's maniac. So good. Yeah. So but, that, but, but during the brick breaking scene to get him into the Kumite, that's when we see the main villain, if yeah. you will, of the film. Yeah. We see and Chong the, Lee for the first time. Chong Lee. Played and, by uh, Bolo. Bolo. I was trying to look at his last name, Bolo Young, um, mm-hmm. a famous, famous martial art movie actor, bodybuilder, which I just found out today. That's why he looks like the mountain of a man that he is. I mean, he, he dwarfs, he dwarfs ogre. He is the largest person on there. Um, yeah, he is a big boy and he came to prominence and became famous in the 1973 film, enter the dragon yep. with Bruce Lee. So when you see, uh, if you've seen Enter the Dragon, he's the big, gi- I mean, you see him, you know who he is. He's this big, giant. He's an iconic uh, face. He Asian is. He's a gentleman. And you're just like, holy crap. He's just monstrous. So, um, so he was then, great in that one. Yeah. So everyone's staring at, you know, Van Damme. Some guys are acting unimpressed. Then Chong Lee says. Very good. But Brick, not hit back. Now, to a lot of people, that's like, why does that sound familiar? I've never seen this movie, and it sounds familiar. 
Well, in the movie Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee says it to another fighter when they're breaking boards. He goes, very good, but board no hit back. So Yeah, that's what's really cool about Chong Lee's character is all of his lines are very like that. They're very straightforward, delivered very plainly kind of thing. Um, I think he only has... Like three or four lines. Four lines at most in this movie, which I I like. It lends itself to him being that kind of, you know, insurmountable type of... Unstoppable monster. He's like the Jason Voorhees of this movie. It's like Jason just keeps coming at you kind of silently and he just keeps coming at you. Well, that's kind of how Chong Lee is in this movie. It's like everyone's like, Chong Lee is the... The record holder. He's the yep. monster. He destroys people. He well, just he's, keeps coming at you. He's yeah. the however many before champion. I mean, he's won it. He's even the guy that killed a guy at the event um, in the past. So we get past that. Uh, we start finding out that the military police have sent two agents out to find Frank Dukes because he's a he's a wall right now because they don't want him fighting in a to the death tournament that's just silly they um, say the, uh, the government has spent a lot invested a lot of money on you yeah is what so they say. Yep. we get the older one uh the the more senior officer who's norman burton his name's helmer mm-hmm. and then we get another familiar face of uh helmer played by forrest whitaker and yeah forrest uh, rollins forrest whitaker's rollins yeah forrest yeah, Will- yeah, Will- yeah, whitaker, yeah. whitaker is rollins and I was watching the movie today going, I think, I think Force's eye got worse as he got older because it's a little bit there, but not full what they call Forrest Whitaker eye. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it, with age, it got worse, uh, you know, just get a patch, man. Just go Nick yeah, Fury it, on this stuff. Right. So yeah, Forrest Whitaker in this, this is an, an earlier, um, film for Forrest. Yeah. And I remember, I remember when I, when I saw this. I saw Bloodsport, and then I, I then I saw like Good Morning Vietnam, fairly close to these two, mm-hmm. um, on VHS at my grandfather's, and I remember going, "Oh man, that's the dude from Bloodsport in here," you know, yeah. Um, and so it was kind of just a weird thing, but yeah, like it, I love when you go back to watch movies, um, especially older movies that you hadn't seen in a long time, and you go, "Oh whoa, I know who that is," or. I recognize that person. Who is it? And you start going back and finding out who these people are. So like Forrest Whitaker being in this is, is, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. Well, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's, that's going to lead us into a little thing I've, I, I've, I've saved for you. Um, so Mr. Tanaka, which is, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Shidoshi, mm-hmm. who is played by Roy, Roy Chow. Chow, Roy Chow. Mm-hmm. What other famous character and what famous movie? And don't you dare IMDb it because I see your screen flicking. Yeah, um, but I knew I knew who it was. Did I didn't, you know I didn't who know the, it was? I, I didn't know. I didn't know the last name. Okay, but I knew the movie and stuff. He was also in Game of Death, by the way. Bruce I know Lee. he was in Game of Death, but for uh, you particularly, yes, this he, movie has importance, and that's why I wanted. He does. He uh, he played, and I didn't know the last name was Chi, but he played Lao in Indiana Jones. In the Temple of Doom, he did most famous. Most famously is when Indy is getting ready to escape on the plane, and he looks at him and he laughs and he's like, "Ha ha, I got away!" And the door closes and it's Lao Airlines, and Mister Lao is just sitting there laughing maniacally at him. Yeah, so the uh, whole beginning part of yeah. that in the Obi Wan 
uh, <laughs> cantinas, cantinas, uh, theater, whatever it was. Yeah, is he's the one that poisons Harrison Ford, and right. they're trying to exchange for the diamond and everything. But uh, Dan, yeah, wait, Dan do the Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> yeah, well, for those that don't know, Dan is a huge Indiana Jones fan. He has named his children after Indiana Jones characters. Well, the the second one I did, yes. Um, I believe the first well, my third my my third child, my second son. Your sons. I sorry. Yes. yes. Thankfully, your daughter dodged those bullets. <laughs> but uh, your well, two she got named sons, after a dog. So yeah, your two sons are named after uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford's, Ford's characters. characters. That's right. So, but I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I wrote that down specifically because I'm like, I know this guy. I've seen him. And I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's louchy. Now it's great though. Like you were talking about the the two agents coming to get him. Uh, They track Frank down and they track him down to the local hotel, like lounge. And he's out there with Jackson hanging out and Mm -hmm. they finally show up. and They're like, Hey, look, you're not going to be fighting the Skumate. You, you know, we talked to Mrs. Tanaka. We know you're here. You got to go. We've invested all this money in you. And he's like, none of this crap. And Jackson is now buddies with, with Frank, and he's trying to stick up for him. Who the hell are these two scumbags? Just stay out of it, pal. It's not your business, okay? I ain't your pal, dickface. Now, that's just some of the fine, fine acting we would come to expect from Ogre. I'll tell you, Ogre has the best lines in this movie as far as I'm concerned. He's the comedy relief, he, obviously. Between him and Victor, th- that's the comedy relief. Yeah, this. he. I, I told you, he to me, he makes this movie. It's almost two different movies, though. Well, he's he's pivotal in the movie, and we'll get to that here in a second. So we continue through. We know that have the MP police that are chasing down Van Damme. In the middle of all this, there's a reporter trying to... Uh, Get the scoop on the Kumite. Janice. Uh, Janice, who's played by Leah Aris. I guess I'm saying that last name right. That's a weird last a- name. Aries, maybe? Aries, Aris, something like that. I went, I you know, know man. I went non Greek god. I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> she runs into uh, Van Damme in, a, again, another very comical way. Uh, we're not going to break down every single scene, but just know it's, it, it's, a, it's another fun scene in the movie where he kind of makes one of the other fighters look like mm-hmm. a fool. Um, so they meet, she tries to work her, her, work her magic and getting in to the Kumite and he blows her off. So now I think we find ourselves at the first, um, in the Kumite final, we're, the we're finally in the first it. round of the Kumite. Right. It's mul- multiple days, uh, single elimination for the Kumite. Well, um, cause, yeah. Cause it's full contact. So it's basically, you either got to kick this dude's ass to move on or you get knocked out or yeah, you're worse. Out. Yeah. Yeah. You can well, either be knocked out, knocked off the platform or say mate, which is giving up. Yeah. Which, so there, there is no just scoring or anything. It's basically, you just get wailed on. No, there's no points for hits or anything like that. It It is strictly, um, if you knock out your opponent, if you make them say mate, if you throw them from the ramp, you know, from the ramp, uh, that's basically how you win or ultimately kill them, uh, right. which comes in later. So we start, so we get introduced to the first few rounds of no name fighters, but we've seen glimpses of them in some of the training montages earlier. Um, and it's, it's really cool kind of thing. And we'll go ahead and just hit the elephant in the room is 
this movie is the um it, it, it's the jumping off point for like street fighter and mortal Kombat. yeah this for your this, modern side scrolling um fighting games this is your this is your jumping point because like you were saying each one of these fighters had a gimmick you had yeah. uh, a gentleman that um I don't know, I guess he fought kind of like a monkey. I mean, that you see in, in the training montage, you see him hitting coconuts with the side of his hand and breaking them, and he yeah. rolls around on the thing and jumps at you. There's a, a sumo yep, that ends sumo. up fighting in this. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character is essentially Johnny Cage. Well, that's, that's, where, that's where they made Johnny Cage from. For the the makers Kombat. of Mortal Kombat have said Bias. that, yeah. that, uh, that he's totally the the architecture for Johnny Cage, even down to one of his fighting moves that he uses later in the fights as when he does the splits and the uppercut into the guy's nuts. Yeah. Because if Van Damme's not doing a spinning, jumping roundhouse kick and the splits in that movie, then he doesn't get paid. No. And there's a <laughs> lot of that in there. Oh, there's, there's like this, there's like nine or 10 of the splits in this movie. You get, you get splits, you get spin kicks, you get, uh, Van Damme butt several times in the movie. Um, man was proud of his butt. The I'm Van just Damme gonna butt say watch 2021. I'm, I'm just saying it, man. It's, you can't not see it in this movie to the point where he's in the, in his uh, hotel room, like getting ready for the day. And he's doing a split across chairs and ogre walks in and he's just like, that hurts me. Just looking at it. Yeah. Again, a classic ogre line, but, um, so we start seeing the fights again, you know, we get like, uh, like traditional kickboxers, yep, yep. um, who's also, uh, that's probably one of my favorite dudes. That's not a named character in the Paco. movie. Yeah. Paco is the kickboxer. Yeah. So it's he's my a real, and he's a real kickboxer. Well, you can tell. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a lot of these people, a lot of the fighters in the tournament are real fighters. They're either fighters or stuntmen or stunt coordinators. So yeah. it looks very legit when you're watching it. Which kind but, of blows me away. Like, why didn't we get Ali Yong in this movie? I looked, man. I was I feel like, like how we did... really miss an Ali Yong opportunity in Bloodsport. I think we did, but we'll get him soon. He's he's still our rating, so there's always an Ali Yong in every episode. He's kind of like our patron saint of the Give Me Back My Action Movies podcast. There we go. Is Al Leon. The patron Saint Leon. But that talking about, you know, uh, that fighter, that's my second favorite fight in the entire movie is when he fights that kickboxer. It, I mean, it's, I don't know how they were even faking some of it. I really think they were probably going blow for blow, just maybe not full speed. But when they exchange kicks to the ribs, I was just talking to one of our buddies in the group chat. They, he was watching this movie today. About he was an hour behind me watching it, and we were sharing clips from the movie, and we were both talking about that. Like, holy crap, that would hurt. How would how the, could you even keep standing after that? Yeah, man, they were laying them in. Um, so yeah, one of my second favorite fights on there. So we see the fights. So essentially, the rest of the movie is reporter trying to get scoop, MP police trying to arrest or you know bring Frank back. And Frank and Jackson trying to continue in the tournament. Um, we do get to the point where Jackson has to face Chong Lee. And they've witnessed some of the Chong Lee fights. And I mean, it, it's like people punching a punching bag. You know, it's just insane that this guy's absorbing punches left and right, kicks, 
they figure out he's a little sweet in the gut and Frank's trying to convince, you know, I'm gonna call him ogre. Um, <laughs> go for the gut. He's sweet in the gut. And you know, he's really not paying attention to him. He just wants to get down there and do his fighting style. And he does get the upper hand on Chong Lee fairly quickly. Um, knocks him down to the ground, thinks he knocks him out and starts celebrating to the crowd pro wrestling style. Yeah, he does way too early. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, like I said, he's, he's the, the biker. He's the burly biker. Yeah, he is. And, no rules, Hell's Angel kind of looking guy. Right. And it's really cool because, like, the way the arena's set up, they have these boards above, like, the judges or the, the people watching the elders. Yep. And uh, they show you who fights, who's fighting who. Yep. And they tell you, like, the win, they tell you the, the timing, stuff like that. Like, okay, speaking of which, these they have these boards done with all the times on them and stuff of the knockouts or whatever. How do they, how, how do they have them done so quick sometimes? They flash them up quick. They make uh, stuff really fast in China. Move, movie magic. They make uh, stuff really fast in China. But like you're saying, when they when he when it when they find out it's time for Jackson versus Chong Lee, mm-hmm. Jackson kind of drops his comedy and gets serious for a second. He does. Time to separate the men from the boys. Just be careful. Chong Lee doesn't separate your head from your body. Yeah, you know. So like he understands. He's like, well, it's it's go time, you know. Uh, and then they get into the fight. Yeah, they get into the fight. Uh, he gets the upper hand on Chong Lee. He starts celebrating. Chong Lee's dazed, but he's also... Let me say this now, too. Bolo Young has the craziest face of a villain. Like, hit half smiles, like all teeth. His eyes are as big as Guaylo, and it is just scary. And he's making that face in most of these fights, and he does it in this one against Jackson. And he obliterates Jackson as soon as he gets back up on his feet. Yeah, he hurts him real bad. Like, he cracks his skull, essentially. Um, Yeah, he's down, and he jumps up in the air and brings a foot down on his head. Yeah, yeah, and and part of it is, uh, actually, so that scene is filmed basically the same as the uh, Bruce Lee scene from um, the uh, oh my brain stopped working now the the martial arts movie we've referenced Enter the Dragon Enter the Dragon thank yeah. you uh, same kind of uh, angle same kind of timing the slowdown effect everything which is yeah. really cool but the reason that Chong Lee is so mad he's so pissed about this whole thing is he knows him and Frank are buddies Frank earlier had broken his record yeah of fastest that's knockout right. that's right. So he does this as part of a, I'm going to shut this guy up because at one time too, Jackson beats somebody and starts calling out Chong Lee. Oh yeah. He's going to kill you, man. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. He's straight up. like, who's this turd? So he, so he stomps him. He looks at Van Damme as Van Damme's trying to stop it. He's, he's screaming, no, don't, you know, don't hurt him. Don't, it's over. Victor's Victor's holding him back. Right, and, and as he does it, he steals like his Harley Davidson bandana and looks at him, um, and, and just kind of makes that grin, that ah grin oh, face yeah, at him, and walks off and stuff. And that's yeah. that's when the movie really changes from any of the lighthearted comedy stuff. Yeah, now it's um, no longer now it's serious. Yeah, it's no longer just trying to win the tournament to bring honor to the Tanaka clan. Now it's a revenge story. Because, you gotta stop this monster. Yeah, 
And yeah. you start figuring out that Chong Lee is very um, vain. He wants people chanting his name. You know, he, he has this whole arm pump thing throughout the movie just to get the crowd amped up. He, he feeds off that, you know, and again, just, just like a wrestler, just like stuff we're used to, you know, you want to get that amped up kind of energy. And he's noticing that Frank is getting that same kind of reaction from the crowd. Frank broke his record. They started chanting his name earlier on in the uh, tournaments. So he knows that's the contender. Basically, at this point, you know who the last two fighters are going to be. Um, so we cut into where uh, Ogre's in the hospital. Well, when, well you know, after he beats him, though, and he grabs the the, uh, the the headband, Yeah, he looks at Frank. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead because I'm I'm thinking about when he actually fights when Chung Lee fights the next guy. Yeah, that's coming up. I yeah, know what you're, so I know to, what you're yeah, talking about. So, yeah, go to the hospital scene first. So we do the hospital. Ogre is he's not. Down, he's down and out, man. He's, he's down and out. I want to say he's in a coma type thing. That he's at least something knocked like out. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. the reporters trying to convince Van Dam to not continue fighting. He's gonna die. Um. They've kind of gotten intimate earlier on in the movie. And again, this is another one of those things I've brought up before. Ball chicka, wah, wah. The only real nudity in here was Van Damme butt. You know, there was no no girl butt, no no nothing else. It was Van Damme butt the whole freaking time. Yeah, so, this movie, if you're going to introduce one of your young adult children like like Charlie's boy, you know, this movie's not bad. I, it, not really, you know, no. You, you've got some cursing in it. You've got definitely got violence and stuff. but. As far as nudity, like you said, Van Damme butt, and I think dick is probably the worst word they say in the whole thing. Yeah, actually, I, I, I don't think, think there's a single F bomb. Um, I think I think Jackson says it once. I think Jackson Ooh. says it once, and it's really fast, buddy. I think he says it one time. I'll have, to, yeah, I'll, have to look, I'll have to look because yeah, I don't even remember it, but yeah. Um, so we get to that point. Van Damme's still going to fight. She decides to go to the police to try and get this whole tournament shut down to try and save Frank's life. She goes to police chief, tells him about it, drops Frank's name. Well, he already knows that there's military police running around looking for him. So they set up like this little fight, this little <laughs> snare to catch Van Damme as he's going into the Kumite. And Frank sees it coming. He sees them. He knows it's about to happen. He Karate kicks half a dozen guys down the corridor as he keeps walking with his duffel bag. It's a really cool scene. He's walking down the the narrow alley, and as the cops are jumping out to get him, he keeps wailing on him. Yeah, it's a really cool scene, actually. It is cool. And he gets to the end, and they're both you know both of the agents are just like, "All right, man, we got to stop this." And I swear they bring out the largest, most obnoxious sized tasers I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, dude, this was 88. This was probably cutting edge taser technology. They look like a giant. Um, they look like oversized party poppers. They're ridiculous. I mean, they're not. They're bigger than a flashlight. They're bigger <laughs> oh, they're, than. They're huge. They're big bricks. They and they're not them, shaped. They're not shaped like a gun like we're used to with tasers. No, they, they're they're like a box with a handle. It's a box with a handle. One of the guys fires it off. Van Dam picks up like this lid to something. It reflects off hit, hits another guy. 
<laughs> he Captain America's him with a trash can lid. He, he does. He's he's so fast. Frank it's Dukes is so fast. He sees the taser shootout, grabs a trash can lid. Captain America's the taser into one of the officers. He tases. And then and grabs finally, the tasers from the other guys. Yeah. So he's, he's holding like, the tasers. And they're like, <laughs> okay, Frank, just go ahead and fight. I'm like, oh, yeah, guys, that's what, it, just let him fight. That's the big old dose of uh, 80s action cheese right there for sure. It is, but it is just a comical size taser. I'm sorry. I, I saw it. It is pretty today. ridiculous. And I'm that like, in the trash can, that whole scene is, is kind of ridiculous at the end there. And they pull it from their coats. So like this is in a holster. Was it just tucked in their sleeve of their arm? I don't know because you don't see it, but the damn thing's half the size of their head. So we get past that. They all quit complaining about the tasers. So we get to the final rounds of the uh, Kumite. And Frank, it's four, four fighters are left. So Frank has to fight the kickboxer is my fa- my second favorite fight. Yeah, Paco, yep. Paco. So he has to fight him. Excellent fight. Again, my second favorite fight aside from the main, you know, fight at the end. That's always the favorite. Um uh, they I mean they're exchanging rib kicks back and forth. They're just tit for tat going at each other. And I swear it looks like they hit each other in real. You know, it's not like they're holding back. Um excellent fight. Van Dam wins. Then we get to the Chong Lee fight against another guy that we really don't even see any of his fights for being number four. We never saw him in any of the other fights. Yeah. He's some rando Fernando. Yeah. He, he's, you know, like the pick your own player and street fighter. That's supposed to be you. He's, he's little, the, he's little he's, Mac. He's little Mac. He's generic creator wrestler one. Yeah, there it is. That's exactly it. Yeah. So he has to fight Chong Lee. Um, Pretty good fight. He gets some good hits on Chong Lee. Um, Chong Lee obviously gets the upper hand. Pretty much knocks the guy out. Like, Chong Lee has won. He leans down and picks the guy's head up. Punches him square in the bridge of the nose. Just bam. Okay, man, you won. Well, that's still not it. He then grabs the dude by the back of the head, puts his hand on his chin, and then just really quick and subtly just spins the neck. And you hear the ever so slight crack and the guy falls limp. Well, the referee that's there is always checking the guy, you know, making sure, hey, is he breathing? Is there a pulse? Well, he the, puts little his, Buddha, the little Buddha in the bronze little, pajamas. Little Buddha dude. And yeah. uh, puts his hand to the guy's uh, nose and there's no breath. And he checks the pulse and you see it in his eyes. He looks at Chong Lee like, what have you done? And Chong Lee's like, you know, like, whatever, tell Tell him I won. I won. Tell him I won. Well, the guy turns around and looks at the elders and, you know, the elders obviously know what happened. They stand up and turn their back to Chong Lee. Well, the whole crowd is already going nuts. Well, as soon as the elders turn their back, the, the whole arena goes silent and everyone faces the same direction that the elders are facing. And it's essentially they're bringing shame to Chong Lee. While it's called blood sport, you can die. That is not the ultimate goal in this tournament. It's just to see who's the best in the world. And he kills a guy for no reason too. It's not like, Oh, he did a really hard kick and the guy died. No, no he, he was just trying, he was just being a, an ass. Yeah. He was being an <laughs> ass. And then it gets to the, and this is where we, what you were talking about. Yeah. He does that. And while everyone's shaming him, he walks over to Frank and points right at him. 
You have. You are next. There you go. You are next. And just, it's like I just want. Uh, actually, I need that as my ringtone. You are next. Yeah. Excuse but me, ma'am. I have to answer this phone call. You you get that now? It's just this cold, like I'll kill you. Look, I didn't know this guy. He was nothing. You know, he's like I'm going to kill you. And obviously, the next fight is between Van Dam and Chong Lee. So they're preparing for this final fight. They change the arena. They ramp up the edges, so now you have the high ground and the low ground. Um, <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out too well for Obi-Wan either, and, uh, and Anakin did. For Anakin. It worked out great for Obi. Well, um, yeah. Well. So he had, he had to chop his buddy's legs off. That yeah, that's great. all. That's all. His legs and arms. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry, Pete. Uh, <laughs> so we get to the final fight. Um, they're preparing getting ready chong lee's trainer handler slips what look like alka seltzers into the the belt of the trousers he's wearing van damme's just kind of preparing himself mentally for everything and uh, they get ready to start the fight um fight starts pretty much what you expect out of any the the thing that's great about this fight that before it starts as chong lee's getting uh, undressed and getting his, his oh, like, yeah. pants off around his knee is Jackson's bandana. I forgot about that. Yeah. And um, as they get ready to square off, Chong Lee looks at him. You break my record. Now I break you like I break your friend. Yeah. And at that point, it's, you know, it's serious. It's to the death at this point. Yeah, it's on. It, it, there, There is no there's only one guy walking out of this thing. At least that's what we're led to believe as it starts. And so, also, I believe that's the, the fourth and final line that Bolo has in the entire movie. <laughs> really is. I think it's the yeah. last time he talks. Um, so we get a pretty epic fight. You know, you're Jean-Claude Van Damme roundhouse kicks. You get punches. Chong Lee gets the upper hand. Van Damme gets, it's evenly matched. And to the point where Chong Lee gets knocked down, dazed well he crushes up the looking alka-seltzer things chucks them in van damme's eyes blinds it hits him with the mr fuji pocket sand uh, the, technique the dale gribble from frank uh hank kill pocket sand yeah, it, it, it shoots him right, yeah he like makes it like a, a salt like a salt tablet yeah. or something throws it in his eyes and blinds him yeah so blinds van damme van, van damme in pretty spectacular panic mode just screaming his his head off i tried know. to get a drop for that and they're just all so bad yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't come across good on here but anyway van dam yells and then cry yells a little bit um bolo chung lee takes takes advantage of this and starts whooping up on him well it kind of gets to the point where van dam is trying to center his mind and he reverts back to training with Tanaka. And there is a sequence of fighting where he's, you know, blindfolded shocker. It's an eighties martial arts movie. Someone had to train. Our ninjas can fight blind. Yeah. You know, so Van Damme kind of centers himself into that blocks, a kick coming towards his head with, you know, without being able to see you start noticing through the camera lens that they make it out like he can kind of make out shapes. Uh, Chong Lee tries to throw the referee 
into Van Dam to throw him off. He figures it out, which I think is so silly because neither of them are wearing shirts. Well, he throws the referee and Van Dam grabs the body by the gi. And I'm like, well, Chong Lee's not wearing a gi. Why did you, why was that your move? And then he like touches the guy's face and pushes him back because he realizes it's the ref. He's wearing a shirt. It's not Chong Lee. He's like a third of the size of Chong Lee. <laughs> yeah. He's also not six three and, <laughs> and just diesel either. He's a he's a chubby little ball headed dude in, in silk pajamas, man. So and then the, the fight continues on and he's like holding the referee behind him, protecting him, and blocks a lot of fights, a lot of kicks from Chong Lee. Starts really and then he, we get the quintessential roundhouse kicks of death from Van Dam and he just obliterates Chong Lee and Chong Lee hits the ground. Van Dam reaches down, grabs him by the back of the head, has his hand out like he's getting ready to do the dim mock through his head and makes him say Mate, which is uncle basically. Made him quit, made him give up, he which had to I mean quit. Yeah, that, so that was a big that was a big moment. So not only did he win the Kumite, he won it by making him say, I give up. You're a better yeah. man than me. So, so yeah, that, that was a big deal for it. Well, cause he knew killing him wouldn't have taught him a lesson. You know, it was easy to kill him. Cause that's kind of like, if I lose, he's going to kill me. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't think you know the way they did it, like it ever crossed his mind. Well, he wasn't no, he wasn't a killer. He wasn't there to do no. it. He was there to prove his martial arts prowess. But Chong Lee never even thought that Matei was on the table. You know what I mean? It's like he'd, he'd never make because we don't hear it anywhere else in the tournament. Guys got thrown out of the thing, people got knocked out, another guy killed, but no one cried Matei till the very last fight, and it was against Chong Lee. Um and that plays a big part in the sequels, but we'll save those for later. Um, but we, uh, the fight's over. Frank Dukes wins. Uh, we get cut back into the hospital with uh, Ogre. He's awake, and they're telling him the story. Like, did you win? Did you get him? And the journalist lady's like, she made, he made him say mate. And he's like, holy crap, man. You know, just... The, his bro moment, even to the point where he hands him back his bandana. He's like, you know, like I got this back for you. And Ogre does the the great cheesy, anytime, anywhere. If you ever need me, I'll be there. It's just just that great bro '80s cheese right there. And uh, they we uh, we figure out that Ogre's doing okay. We cut to the uh, MP police. They're standing at the end of a tarmac in front of an airplane waiting for Frank to show up. Uh, apparently, they've been standing there a while because they're like, he did it to us again, didn't he? He's not coming. And all you hear this whistle from above them, and you look up and at the top of the stairs in the airplane. Van Damme's standing up there going, are you ready, guys? You're always late. You know, another little bit of comedy in there. So we get to see him go, go home, you know, wins the tournament. And then I think now's the time we talk about. Yeah. Now the, it, uh, at that point we get a slew of, uh, achievements, a slew of records that Frank Dukes holds because the entire time in this film, it's presented to us as based on a true story based on 
the real events of a real man named Frank Dukes. And um, Frank Dukes was a real man here from the U.S. And the story of Frank was he was a uh, a Marine. And he uh, worked for the CIA as an undercover operative and ended up in the Kumite, which he said actually took place, I believe, in the Bahamas and fought there and uh and won and that was the 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 basis of this movie so at the end of the movie it says that he holds records like the fastest knockout the most consecutive knockouts i think it was like 56 in a tournament he retired as the were undefeated world heavyweight full contact kumite martial arts fighter extraordinaire mega awesome champion and all the he started the first ninjutsu school here in America called uh I think it's Ryu Duke's Ninjutsu. Duke. Yeah. Yep. And so this whole time, this was all based on a true story. Well, we have the internet now, and yeah. we know that Frank Dukes is full of shit. Oh, big time. I mean, I've never met the guy to tell him that, but everything I've ever seen now on the internet, all the research we've done for this is all saying that. This never happened. He was a Marine Reserve and Merchant Marine, I think. Yeah. He never worked for the CIA. Not that the CIA would really tell us, probably. But no, no but... one can no one can prove that the Kumite ever existed in the first place. No one or else has if it ever did, come forward. No, it was it, none of this is true. All of no. it is is complete crap. But he conned his way into making this movie and that's a whole thing with canon the canon group um we might have to do uh an episode on canon themselves and talk about some of this stuff where you yeah. know canon they wanted to make these action movies so bad they really didn't care as long as you came up with a good story and you you would work for the uh for the money that they paid basically and and made the movies they wanted they were cool with it yeah um so it makes sense that he was able to BS his way into this, but like this entire thing years later, we find out is all crap. And I mean, people actually dug into this legitly. They use the freedom yeah. of information act to right. get his military records. He's never even been to Southeast Asia. You know, that's where no. we find out he was in the reserve. This no, reminds so- me so much of uh <laughs> four leaf Tayback from uh tropic <laughs> thunder. Uh, You've got hands. You've, You've got, got hands. hands? Uh, that's a great movie. Uh, but yeah, but it just goes to show you that, Hey man, it, it, it was a good story. Yeah. So take all that away, uh, yeah. erase anything we know about Frank Dukes, erase still, any of that st- stuff. It's a fantastic movie. This is actually listed as one of Van Damme's still favorite movies he's ever done. Yeah. This movie from an action standpoint. So, uh, let's break it down for just a second. The movie itself. Um, action-packed, a lot of martial arts action. It yep. helps spawn every fighting game that we've got from all of them. On. I mean, when you watch some of the fighters, you see a street fighter. Like the my favorite fighter, the kickboxer guy, is essentially Vega from Street Fighter Two. I mean, uh, it, Sagat. Does it the Sagat? kickboxer? Yeah, Vega's the dude with well, the Wolverine Vega. Game. Also did the other. He did the t- type of fighting though too. The very tall, lanky. Um, Vega had the mask and the claws, but maybe yeah, a yeah, mix of Sagat and Vega. Yeah. So, 
You know, we, the, we got Street Fighter. We got yeah. Mortal Kombat. I mean, straight up Mortal Kombat. Johnny Cage is Van Dam. Yeah, because Johnny Van Dam does the splits and punches the sumo guy in the in the yam bag, and that's how he beats him basically. Just like so, Johnny did Goro in the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, it's exactly a, a, a straight takeaway from that. You've got, I would like to say, homage to the history of martial arts films with Bolo in his history with Bruce Lee, where they. Yeah they really kind of mimic a lot of the um, a lot of the lines, a lot of the scenes, the way they shoot things. Yeah. So you have those things, which actually is kind of cool when you think about it. The, one of the things that's kind of cool about this is the director of this movie is named Newt Arnold. He was uh, born in um, um, Palo Alto, California, and he passed away in 2000. And this was only the third of his movies that he directed as the full director. Yeah. But the thing that's really cool about this dude is he did a little bit of acting, but he's been like the second unit director or assistant director in a ton of movies and some TV shows. Some of the ones that are really big are last action hero. And um, let's see teenage Mutant ninja turtles Two: the secret of the ooze. Uh, Blade Lock Runner. Up, Blade Runner, The Abyss, Red Scorpion, uh, shoot, Alan Quartermain, The Lost of Gold, uh, Invasion USA, The Goonies, DC Cab, War Games. I mean, look up this guy's credits through IMDb, and he's done a lot of work. So he was finally handed the main reins to a, a film. I think he did a pretty good job myself. I, you know... I like Bloodsport a lot. This is one of those ones where I'm like, I end up watching it like every couple months because it's like, if it's a lazy Sunday, I got nothing else going on. Bloodsport, yeah, man. It's yeah. watching Mortal Kombat. It's watching Street Fighter. This is, so, and I know everyone likes this part of what we talk about. So, growing up, Dad wasn't a huge Van Damme fan. If I remember correctly, the dad's exact words was he gets Neither his, was my dad. Yeah. He gets his ass kicked in every movie, then wins at the end. That's how my dad described Van Damme movies. So he's not wrong. He's not. So <laughs> I didn't really watch a lot of Van Damme. I, I did he did like Universal Soldier. Obviously. It's more military sci-fi. So I did watch that one with dad growing up. So this is a movie that I rented once I was old enough to be working and renting my own movies. So about 16, 17, I dove right into Van Damme movies, you know, Black Eagle, uh, Kickboxer, Bloodsport, all those type of movies. I always um, loved Lionheart. Out of, the th out of those three, I really loved Lionheart. Lionheart is, wow, it's almost as good as this movie. Yeah, we're going to do that one eventually. We're going to do that one eventually. So I, my my introduction to blood sport, if it wasn't like cut for TV and I'm sure I probably watched it there was I rented it. So I had already played mortal Kombat. I had already played street fighter. So now I'm getting to see like a, a live action version of that and kind of see where that, that all came from. Um, so that's my memory of my dad, basically hating Van Damme. <laughs> and I had to introduce myself to these type of movies. Yeah, when I was a kid, my dad he he didn't like Van Damme a whole lot either. My uncle Rick, who is is older than me, he was a huge, huge Seagal fan. 
but he liked he liked martial arts films. He he grew up loving Bruce Lee films, had them all, loved uh, 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 Seagal, and liked Van Damme. So I ended up watching this. We I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we rented this from a grocery store there outside of Cincinnati, and we watched it down in the basement of my grandmother's, and mm-hmm. and that's how I saw this. And um, it to me when I saw it as a kid, it blew me away because I'm like, this is live action Mortal Kombat and stuff. Like you said, I had already played Mortal Kombat. I ended up playing it at a a hollow dome in Indianapolis, and uh, yeah, I, I loved. It. Obviously, it was game changing. You know, no pun intended to play Mortal Kombat. So when you get a chance to actually watch it, you're like, this is great. And, and like I said, to this day, we have our favorite fighters. We we know the lines in this thing. It's it ended up standing up the test of time from a nostalgia standpoint for sure. If yes. you go back and look at it now, obviously this thing would probably be sponsored by I don't know uh, Nike or something. It'd be on pay per view or some nonsense probably. Well, yeah, but, this is this you is pre MMA. This oh is yeah, this is UFC. Pit fighting. This is yeah. This was this stuff. Was, this that, was that pit fighting nonsense that you would hear whispers of in the back alleys and stuff. And yeah. this, this made a movie about it. Well, you know, it's also right around that same time. And when I'm at that age renting movies, we're renting the the old UFC fights. I remember uh, watching the original UFC with, at home pay per view uh, yeah. when Gracie was fighting, and there so, were no weight limits or anything, which is no, what this was. There's a lot of yeah a lot of stuff that this predated that you watch you those old UFCs and you see Gacy jumping on the back of some of those giant sumo dudes, chuck choking them out. You see Van Dam fighting that giant sumo dude and realizing he's not going to beat him by just punching him in the gut, you know? Yeah. So, and this was, this all predated that. So this movie really kind of started an entire, you know, genre almost of, sport fighting you know people yeah, are like it, they're really brought, interested in this you know it, it changed the kung it, it i won't say kung fu it changed the martial arts movie martial arts yeah and the martial arts um genre as an entertainment form yep. it changed it from it you know the the early 80s ninja movies mark of the ninja revenge of the ninja the shokasugi stuff and it brought it into modern day for that time obviously well, modern day martial arts because the, that's when we started getting like the american ninja movies you know what was kind of hidden in china and japan that wasn't mainstream here but it was huge i mean again uh chong lee bolo young was huge over there bruce lee was actually huge over there before if i'm right this is bolo young's first hollywood movie uh, probably he, he's done other movies but as far as an american produced and done movie this is bolo young's first Which is also and, probably why his lines were so simple and straightly delivered well yeah because english mean, is not his primary language obviously it's it's not probably what he learned was from bruce and again he was friends with bruce lee he trained with bruce lee um so you had this whole like untapped reservoir of movies and talent that america which you know a lot of times thanks thankfully to canon people kind of laugh at canon but they kind of started to help bringing that stuff over 
and bringing it to American eyes to where we could, you know, watch these movies here. And it, it, it sparked an entire wave of martial art action movies. Cause I didn't grow up watching mm-hmm. martial art movies unless it was like on television or something. Again, I don't think my dad was huge on martial arts as a whole. Chuck Norris was not even really martial art movies. No. He did karate in action movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, I grew up, like I said, my uncles, I have a pair of uncles that were older, both older than me. Um, so I grew up, did I, I did watch some of like the old Wu-Tang video cassettes. Um, you know, I watched all the Bruce Lee movies. And so I, I was familiar with all that stuff. I was familiar with the, uh, the ninja movies, like I said, the Shokasugi, uh, you know, Mark of the Ninja, Enter the Ninja, all those things. But this was, like I said, it, it took, it took the ninja. It took the fighting to kill the fighting to, uh, war, uh, you know, to win wars. It took that element away. It wasn't, I'm going to kill you with my ninja stars and my swords and this and that. It was a sport martial yeah. art like you said it was and it it it, it changed it it, it you know did. so it was you're right i think that i can look back and see this as a pivotal film when it comes to martial arts as an entertainment whether it be sport or fiction yeah um it it, it really changed it the movie Bloodsport itself actually made him pretty good scratch too man it was it was made for one million one hundred thousand dollars and the cumulative estimated gross was eleven million eight hundred thousand dollars that's a pretty good i mean we're talking canon yeah this that's a movie pretty good return it was a 92 minute runtime and it made that kind of money as it was released february 28th 1988 so we only missed the release date of this movie by well, about a week or so, yeah, a couple weeks. It was almost, we'll just call it an anniversary episode for Bloodsport. Yeah, there you go. But um, so, okay, so we've discussed Bloodsport. Yeah, we've discussed our, our the favorite fighters. I I love the big sumo dude. He was he cracked. I me knew up. that was going to be your favorite. I, not was not that for or the, the size, but it's what was there that or the Capoeira guy, the guy with the 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 coconut karate chopping guy. Well, yeah, because he uh, used two different fighting styles. The first one was like a monkey, and then the other one was almost like cat-like. Yeah, so he was, did like this animalistic. Cool. Again, you see that now in video games. Yeah, from, it was, I mean, even down into Tekken, and it was almost know, like a form of like like animal-based kung fu. But you know, it was it was wild. Yeah, it, it was just cool to see that mixture of all around the world. You got that feeling that all these fighters were from around the world. Yeah, and that's a big thing too. You had uh, people from the Middle East. You had people from uh, uh, Southeast Asia. You had people yeah. from um, uh, Spain. You had, I believe, you had looked like probably some European fighters. You know, you had the a South lot of American different... the stuff like that. You know, I really yeah, think they tried awesome. to at least what what they. Pro- I would love to see what they cut because I bet there yeah. was other fights. There's got to be. Kinda, yeah, um, I'd like to. I'd like to see that too. Let's get to the, let's get to our, we're running a little bit long on today's episode. So let's it's get to our episode. favorite. It is a good episode. Let's talk to about our favorite part of the, the episode, the favorite part of a lot of our listeners. Let's get to the ratings of the let's movie. Rate this. 
We're going to have to get from, a sound bite for this. I, I looked and looked tonight. I look, there's no sound bites. I guess I get a sound bite of someone dying because that's pretty much all Al Leong did in these movies was die. He die in every movie. We got to find something. He has a heck of a death reel, sir. Um, so one to ten, one to one to five, one to five. You can go halves. Um, I think you I went have first. These. I think yeah. I went first last time. So why don't you go first this time? Okay, this one I'm going to give a four. Three and three quarter to four Aliong rating. Um, it's it's one of those ones. Like I said, I watch it a lot when it comes on. If I'm not doing anything and I see Bloodsport, I'm gonna turn on Bloodsport. Um, it, it's one of those ones where if there's there's certain scenes in it where you can just be like, all right, I'm gonna grab my phone or okay, I'm gonna just kind of this in the background. But when you get to those fight scenes, you watch them. You get to the Kumite fights, you watch them. Stan Bush is screaming Kumite in your ear. You listen to it. It is a fun movie to watch. It's not going to win any awards. Actually, it was nominated for a Razzie, which is like, I think, worst actor. John Claude Van Damme, I think, got nominated for it. But it's it's not an award-winning film. It's an 80s action flick. But if you actually break it down and look at it going, wow, you're right. We got Mortal Kombat because of this. We got Street Fighter because of this. We got a lot of MMA sport-based tournament fighting entertainment you know, could re- you can really trace a lot of this back to here. You look at it and you go, yeah, this was a good flick. And again, I got to see, I got to see Ogre again in a movie. I got to see Donald Gibb in a movie again. It was pretty cool. I dug that. I'm giving it, I'm giving it a, uh, I'll give it, I'll give it four Alleyongs. Four Alleyongs? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably... I haven't given out the elusive five Alleyongs yet, but we're not there yet. We're good there. We we'll have some, there. there's some that are, there's some that are this one to me, it, it's going to echo pretty much everything you say, because my, my first thought is go talk to some of these guys that are fighters and, uh, martial artists, ask them what movie is most iconic to them that maybe mainstream. You'll get those weird guys that talk about those Shogun type movies. I bet 90% of them say Bloodsport. It's a mix between probably Bloodsport and Kickboxer, which are both Van Damme movies. So this one is just like, it. it's like that point in a timeline. We can literally go back and see, boom, blood sport. And then from there, all this stuff from martial arts breaks off of that. UFC, MMA, new martial art driven movies that are made by Hollywood, not China. So yeah, this movie's important. This movie's fun. Probably one of my, one of my favorite canon movies. It holds my attention. It um, it's rewatchable. I was watching it just before here. I could have done this movie without watching it, but I like being fresh. I All say right, here four, you go. Uh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say four Aliongs. Four Aliongs. Four so Aliongs across the board. We're gonna give it a four Aliong stamp of approval for this yep. movie. Um, again, I I think it has to go to like, if I made a list of like the ten. VHS era action movies you have to see. This is on that list for sure. It is. Um, and it's it's like even you top. It, you know, well, it's in it's in like top three or four if you break down into just the martial arts subcategory for sure. Yeah, I was going to say break it down into like even as Van Damme category. It's oh, a top it's, five Van Damme movie easily. Yeah, uh, it, I, I can. I'll I'll give you the top five Van Damme movies right now. Go right ahead, hit me. Universal Soldier. Yep. Bloodsport, okay. Kickboxer, all right. Uh, Lionheart, yep. 
And then probably uh, the fifth one's a little hard. Uh, I want to say probably sudden death. Sudden death's good. I I think I would change your sudden death, and I would put in. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's where he goes into prison. Um. Oh, the one you just had me watch not too long. Yeah, ago. the one I had you watch the other uh, day. Uh, lockdown, lockup. No, that's Stallone's. It's a different one of what oh, Van Damme. Now is I called. feel like a moron because I have to look it up. I just watched this thing too. Like I know, I just had you watch it. Well, like um, a couple months ago. Yeah, because I bought it on DVD, and I was reminding <laughs> you. Then again, how- we had we we do have those Van Damme classics like Double Team starring. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. And Double Impact starring himself. Yeah. <laughs> Death Warrant. Death, Death Warrant. Warrant. Death Warrant. Thank you. Thank you. And that um, might be tied with Hard Target. Yeah, well. Death Warrant's actually really pretty. It was it was a lot better than I expected it to be. It wasn't. Uh, you don't expect it. But Hard Target is also a yeah. John Woo and really freaking good. Yeah. Anything that, John Woo puts out is usually going to be yeah, top so i would have to say yeah that that's you're right around my top five for van dams right there you were talking about this movie spawning uh ufcs and things like that mm-hmm. ufc number one came out november 12th 1993 yeah so i mean you know you look at this stuff and and yeah these are cheesy 80 movies but oh yeah they do they do launch some things all right charlie we're getting to that time now we need already. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sleepy, man. Oh, it's time for on. me to go bye bye. Is it not nine night time for Dan? I'm a wore out old man. <laughs> but before we go, I do want to give out some. We want to give some shout outs to some of our friends of the show. We want to first shout out some podcasts. We want to shout out Sludgecast. We want to thank those guys out there. Uh, if you're into monster movies, if you're into the king of monsters, one Godzilla, check out. Sludge cast. Charlie, is Godzilla male or female? I think female yeah. is the overarching. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's had a kid. It's had Godzilla I, Jr. We don't count sure. 98. What about Godzuki? Remember the cartoon? I don't. Yeah, I'm old. Okay, so if but if you if you want to know if Godzilla is male or female, you can Google it or you can check out Sludgecast. They will tell you for sure. Sludge will know. Just ask him. We, go on, go on oh, their yeah. Facebook page and ask him. We want to thank the Ultimate Action Movie Club. That's over at ultimateactionmovies.com. Occasionally, you will see some writing from our illustrious Charlie Chase there. Yep. And, man, they've released some really good articles this week. Um, top 10 Dolph Lundgren movies. Oh, um, I did see that. I still argue with one of them on there, but I will give it another yeah, shot. because we're going to do an episode on it, and you're just going to suck it up, Buttercup. It's going to, you're going to have crickets. Um, we do want to give a quick shout out to good beer, bad movie, our buddy Pete over there. Check them out. If you're into really bad movies and really tasty beer, well, Pete's your guy. Uh, we would like you guys to, let's see. We'd like you guys to swing over to poster smash. Check out their Facebook page. They're, uh, on our groups doing a lot of posters work for us. Check them out on Instagram as well. Yeah, their uh, new post- Facebook page just yeah, started their new. Facebook page a couple weeks ago. So yep. hopefully they we do lit a little really fire cool under stuff. their butts. Well, I'm hoping we get some kind of cool Bloodsport movie uh, poster out of this. Yeah, one. we got to dig through one. there and see what they got for Van Damme. They did do the cool runnings, man. 
then they yeah, shared was, it the other day. So <laughs> that was awesome. That was good. Um, all right. So as far as we go, we would also like to thank mountain empire comics in Johnson city and Bristol, Tennessee, respectively. Yep. Uh, check out Facebook for those guys. Say hello to Diane and or Rob. And of course, ourselves at give me back my action movies the facebook page and the facebook fan group uh that's really where we do a lot of our conversation uh we we do the page so we're official but really the facebook group is where you want to get in there um you can comment you can comment on this episode you can comment on all the episodes yep uh you can give us suggestions for episodes you'd like for us to cover and just get on there and keep the conversation going. These movies, um, there's a lot of nostalgia value to these movies too, and not just the movie themselves. But when we talk about these movies, Charlie and I, we talk about the memories that the movies are associated with, like me right. in the basement with my uncle and Charlie running it after getting off of work one night and stuff like that. Like these are the these are some of the things that we look back fondly um, as we're in our forties. Yeah, this one went maybe a tad synopsis heavy, but we still sprinkled in and what we love about this movie and remember. Has Anthony seen this one yet? I have not. I don't think this is on the list yet of him of what he's watched. Um, I would say he could probably he could probably after watching it today because I really thought there was more to the one scene with the journalist, and there's not. No. Uh, well, you watch some Van Damme movies and you're surprised. Yeah, but he's in public school. This that journalist scene ain't nothing. <laughs> but no, I think this is probably going to be one that I'm going to have to introduce him to pretty soon. Check that one out. Uh, when you when you watch that, let me know how what he thinks about that one. Yeah, I'll uh, put it in the group. Please do. So, of course, like I said, uh, check us out on Podbean. That's our that's our home base for the podcast. Yep. Uh, you can follow us there. You can listen to us there. Uh, of course we're going to be on, uh, Spotify. We're going to be on, uh, iTunes or Apple music, whatever they call it this week. Yep. Uh, I There's a few other places you can find us pretty much all your podcatchers. Check us out on Instagram yep. and you can always reach out to us at, uh, the, the, the Gmail account. It is G M B M A M pod at gmail.com. It's pretty ridiculous. I should have come up with something easier when I made the email account. Pete loved it. <laughs> yeah, because it's almost as ridiculous as theirs, I think is what he was saying, right? Yeah, he said it's almost as long because his is the Good Beer, Bad Movie, an acronym podcast. And I said, yeah, we left the cast part off. Yeah, we had so. enough We had enough letters before that. <laughs> so we're going to jump off here. We're about a minute, tw- uh, an hour 20 this week, Charlie. I, I think we keep stretching as we go on these episodes so far. <laughs> hey, man, it's about quality, brother. You it know, seems I, like I can't tr- compress when does that all start? this goodness. When does I, the quality start? Now. <laughs> when did it start? Now, sir. It's now. Exactly. So everyone, like I said, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to another episode and listening to us. We know that there's some audio issues here. Please just kind of struggle through them with us. It's like some of the scenes of some of these 80s movies, you struggle through it to get to the good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about uh, upgrading microphones. We've talked about upgrading uh, the environment in which we record. Uh, so hopefully this will get better as we go. Um, Charlie, that's about it for me, man. I I'm, I'm out of it at this point. Um, I I do have one final thing to say. Okay. USA. USA. (laughs) I love that. Charlie, you got anything? 
I'll be back. I knew you'd say that. <laughs>